Welcome to episode 29 of Gamers Galaxy. Today, we are talking about the hit game from the immutable ecosystem, Wag Me Defense. Wag Me Defense is a mobile strategy auto battler card collection game, and it's the first title to be released from the Wag Me Games franchise. Today, the infamous human emperor, Scott Herman, joins us from Wag Me Games. Scott, how are you doing today, brother? Hey, what's up, guys? I'm doing great. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. Uh, yeah, just really looking forward to talking to you today. And uh, Rubik, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, I'm good, mate. I'm uh, looking forward to talking to Scott. Um, I've been playing the game for pretty much just nearly, a bit after it came out. Uh, was released in beta, uh, private beta. So a couple of months now, I think. Uh, and I play it every day. And looking forward to finding out what else is coming that's my biggest lookout for what i'm looking for <laughs> so well, hopefully we can get some alpha out of scott today <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure he gets that question quite a bit so uh yeah scott uh, tell us about yourself uh and your role at wag me games yeah so i'm the i'm one of the co-founders at wag me games my official title is the vp of strategic partnerships so uh, i spend a lot of my time looking for potential partners i spend a lot of my time as a creator myself as you guys may or may not know i come from youtube um, i had a youtube channel for over 13 years teaching fitness online worldwide uh, built over 3 million subscribers 700 million views worldwide uh, and i've been able to really take everything i've learned with content creation and just networking in general and bring that to wag me and really blow out our gaming community so, well, I'll, I'll go off on a tangent and get and start getting into details for questions you're going to ask me later. But yeah, so my main, <laughs> my main focus here is supposed to just be like partnerships and things like that. But you guys know how it is with a startup. We all wear many hats. So mm -hmm. <laughs> do a lot, of, a lot of other things here too. But I try to focus mainly on uh, the community side of things. But as an avid gamer myself, I also give a lot of input on the functionality of the game too with our our internal team. Hmm. What uh what is the inspiration for Wagney overall like not about the game itself but just to start the company and to get it going and to choose the path you went on? Yeah, it's a great question. So, we have an interesting backstory and it and it leads into the reason why we're the only token with the kind of tokenomics that we have where 84% of the supply is on the market, right? There are no VCs holding large supplies of our token that they're going to dump as soon as this market picks up. We're a completely bootstrapped company. We've done this ourselves since the very beginning. And the so originally there were four members in Wagme. I joined about me and my my business partner Costas joined about 3 months after Wagme had already been created. And those four guys met in a in a project that was originally called Wagme, and it was around the time where tokens like GM were popping off, right? All these types of like, um, you know, crypto terms where people say all the time Wagme, GM, stuff like that. And what ended up happening was that original token ended up being a rug, and there was only like one dev left out of the six, and he didn't have control over the marketing wallet, and they were just slowly kind of draining the liquidity. 
And once they found that out, the original core four members, I and Chris, Lewis, and Khaled, they got together and decided that they wanted to start try to save the acronym WAGME and try to save the token. And so, and Lewis, the, our CGO, he has had this idea for doing a mobile game and he had been writing out his stories because um, we have all original stories, all original characters. He had been writing out this novel for quite some time. So the lore was pretty much already there. And they decided like, hey, we should do something with this lore and create a mobile game because everyone is sleeping on mobile. Everyone's just trying to make at the time, this is two years ago, all you really heard was like, you know, these beautiful games on the PC, these beautiful open worlds, meta worlds, right? Metaverses, things like that, which is great. Um, but that's not a global thing, right? Not everybody in the world has a PC or PC powerful enough to play these types of games, but everybody has a phone. Mm -hmm. So what ended up happening was uh, I and Lewis, Khaled, and, and uh, Chris, they basically told everybody in the original group, hey, this is a rug, we're gonna start a new token, and anybody who wants to join us, and they laid out the whole plan, like I just told you guys with the game and the story, to basically liquidate and come over to the new token and buy that one on a fair launch. And then once anybody who wanted to do that within the community did, then the core four took out what they had of whatever was left over. So they all had originally put in like around 300 to 400 grand into the token. Everyone moved over and then they did. And then it was a new token. So that's why from the very beginning, the token was fair launch and already on the market because of this transition that happened. Mm. And in the very beginning, and we'll get into this more, uh, there were two tokens. There was one on Ethereum, and then there was one on Binance because mm. we didn't have the solutions yet uh, for gasless transactions, and we'll get into that. Uh, so there's been quite a journey since the very beginning of the token, but essentially the, the company was birthed from a community that the, the Core 4 were a part of that essentially was getting scammed and rugged. And then a great idea that Lewis had and everyone just kind of moved over. So we have we have members in our community that have been here like literally since the before the beginning of the inception of Wagney Games, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so that's a it's a, a game. Sorry, it's a token launch into a game rather than the other way around. Like, it's, yeah, that's, that's, that's quite unique, isn't it? I've never I've never heard that one before. And yeah. I was quite aware of your tokenomics with your with, with Wagney. And I just think it's the best like not having a VC involved, not having slow emissions come out and be going to everyone. I actually bought some tokens uh, just before the last pump. So I, I'm, I, I think I doubled or tripled my investment in it. So happy days, keep it going. <laughs> but That's in terms I like of the game, baby. <laughs> in, ter in, ter in terms of the game itself, um, what was, so the inspiration for the game is the, the story that was being written. Um, yeah, where did that, so... Do, do you know the background to that and where that story come from? This is uh, aliens versus humans yeah well so lewis is just a, a huge 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 gamer huge, him huge in the comics in fact him and i are a lot alike um just his entire life like his favorite games growing up playing is probably all the same traditional games you guys like but he really leans into metroid as well it's one of his absolute nice. favorite games so he's and he's huge into sci-fi i mean even i and our ceo is a huge star wars head right absolutely loves that, that genre in fact in the very beginning um, when they were trying to figure out which direction to go, because, you know, Lewis had the story, but they could make the game evolve in any way they wanted to. 
And it, the idea popped up like, hey, maybe we should do, you know, like an army type game where it's like humans versus or like good guys versus bad guys. Right. Mm-hmm. And Ian was actually at uh, the Star Wars land in at, at Disney and just kind of was looking around and was like, no, dude, we need to do sci fi. It's just so much more fun. There's so much more you can do with it. The story you have is great. The characters are great. Like, we just really need to lean into that and do it right. Fantastic. Mm, interesting. Yeah, so obviously the the, the game, it's a strategy game, very chess-like, uh, auto-battler, card collection game. Uh, what is what does the core game loop look like for you guys? And uh, break that down for us. Yeah, so what's really great about Wagby Defense is... You know, it's 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 not a not necessarily tower defense because a traditional tower defense game is where you just kind of like place towers on the map and then hit go and then you do nothing, right? You just kind of hope your setup does it correctly. Um, where our gameplay is more similar to Clash Royale, where you have three towers on your side, three towers on the other side, and the goal is to blow up the middle one, uh, and you can only place troops on your side of the map unless you blow up one of your opponent's side towers and then then that portion of the map opens up and you can drop your troops a little closer and what's so great about it you know number one being on mobile you can play it anywhere but it's a three minute game loop unless you go into overtime which doesn't always happen but it can and then it's like 60 seconds whoever gets the first tower does the most damage wins so no matter what if you're gonna play a quick game of Wag Me Defense, you're only locked in for like three to four minutes max, which is great because to most people, they want a casual game that they can just play, whether they're you know traveling or just chilling in bed or whatever, and they don't have to like come up and sit down and be tied to a console or a PC. That I mean, even for me, I am I play Xbox all the time. Sometimes I don't want to be stuck in this room. I want to be sitting outside you know, getting some sun, right? And then mm-hmm. that's where I whip out my phone and I'll, I'll play my games on my phone. Um, but that doesn't mean it's not competitive. In fact, you know, for you guys who have been playing, I know Rubik has been playing for quite some time, the the term we like to use is easy to play, hard to master. Nice. So mm-hmm. whenever we do live events, and we'll use NFT NYC as an example for last year. We had two iPads set up so people could battle each other head to head. Within 15 to 20 seconds, you already knew how to play the game and you were already talking smack. And that's kind of like how I've always gauged this. If, if you know, we do, we did ETH Denver last year, we did NFT NYC, we're going to be doing ETH Denver again this year. And every single time we put the game in people's hands and have them battle their friends. Within the first, like, 20 seconds, they're talking shit. Like, oh, I blew up your tower. Oh, I killed your guy. Oh, you bastard. You <laughs> took out my... Right? And it's because, again, the game is easy to play, hard to master. You're not having to, like, overthink the strategy. However, it does get very competitive. In fact, we have a few guys um, that play our game. In fact, one of them streams with me on Thursdays. His name is Scorpion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a... He was a um, com- a, a high-level competitive uh, Clash of Clans player. So he used to travel the world playing Clash of Clans with his team. Uh, and he absolutely loves the game, and he thinks that it's super competitive, and in the core game loop is fun, even in its beta stage, right? Which is really good news to us because it's only going to evolve from here. But, yeah, core game loop is you, you have your deck, you have six cards, 
four show up on the screen at a time. As you place one on the map, the new one shows up. And every card has a certain amount of energy, right? Mm -hmm. So you have an energy bar that's constantly filling. Once the energy bar hits, let's say, three, you can play a character that costs three energy. And then it resets and starts charging again, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to really plan your attacks and defense to make sure you don't get overwhelmed when you're trying to do a big push. It's fun. Uh, yeah, I, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. I, I wanted to ask about like, it's you're going for that quick three, four minute thing. Is there going to be like more depth to the actual, like a story behind it or, you know, there's a, in a, in a like a PVE mode maybe or, or an achievement mode or, or different game modes? Or is it going to be kept very simple? What's the, what's the, what's the long-term plan? I guess that's for the actual game oh. itself. Yeah, great question. Yeah, so basically, you know, we have all of that in store moving forward. We already have the first about like year of live op, you know, already planned. For those of you who don't know what live ops is, it's like the campaigns and all the special events that happen like week to week in mobile games. Um, the main reason why we in beta we have PvP is because number one, we want players to see the game and enjoy it. And number two, it's been helping us out a lot with in-game balancing. So Esteban, uh, our senior product manager, uh, he actually used to work at EA. He was the lead for Apex Legends Mobile and Grana Free Fire in charge of their ecosystems. He is constantly uh, jumping into our live streams because we live stream Monday through Friday on Kick. We have our own custom category. Uh, he constantly jumps in on those, and then if he can't make it, he'll rewatch uh, the battles right with me and the other streamers to see which characters need tweaking. So he's constantly retweaking it, and that's why it's been so helpful. But yeah, what's going to end up happening, and we'll talk more about our anime and our comic book later, but we have a whole storyline that's going to be feeding into the game. So we're working with a really prestigious studio. Can't tell you who they are yet because we haven't made the official announcement, but they do have a ton of anime on Netflix that I know you guys have seen. And if you haven't, you're just not into the culture, I guess. Um, but when, when I can reveal who they are and what they've worked on, you guys are going to be blown away. So we actually have uh, like a 53-second animatic that we're going to be releasing probably closer to global launch. And the story in that animatic revolves around our female character, General Melkros, who in the game is a cyborg. But in this story... It starts off with her as a kid, and it kind of shows her journey from kid to freedom fighter to getting captured by the aliens and then turned into a cyborg. And then that's going to lead into the Fatui of the game, the first-time user experience, to where when you download and load the game for the first time, you're going to be hit with this like amazing cinematic. And then that cinematic is going to lead into... like the tutorial and how to play the game. And now all of a sudden, you know, Melkros is teaching you how to play the game on screen. And the first, the first map that's going to be available is going to be called Nemosh, which is already in the beta now for those of you who are playing, you know, Nemosh. So that map is actually like the lab where she was experimented on. And so the storyline is going to be something along the lines of like, Hey, you know, I escaped, but there's still other people here. Let's battle the aliens, you know, and try to release them and things like that. So as the game launches and all this stuff starts being put into the game, you're going to have the PVE. In fact, it'll you'll have to hit a certain rank before you can do PVP. Not like it's going to be hard or anything like that, but just to make sure that players have a chance to, you know, battle an opponent that's not insanely good. 
right? So they actually enjoy the game and they can start to understand the mechanics. Uh, and then as the story evolves, so we actually just released we just released a um, a medium article on Wednesday and announced our partnership with uh, these guys called Adult Fantasy NFT. And these guys are masterminds when it comes to you know developing lore and making comics. Uh, they actually w were creators at Marvel for the last like ten years. Before Jeez. that, worked at Cartoon Network. Um, my guy, my friend Todd, I actually met him at NFT NYC last year. I mean, his whole his background's insane. Like he when he worked at Cartoon Network, you know, he did Samurai Jack, he did Ed Ed and Eddie, right? He worked in all these big name IPs. Um, and then when he worked over at Marvel, like literally side by side with Stan Lee at some point, right? So we actually did, we hired these guys to create the comic book. Uh, so you guys know we have a comic already on OpenSea mm -hmm. called Nephi Wars. And it's kind of telling the reason why the aliens and humans are fighting. So with the animatic that we're creating around Melkros, we hired Todd and his team to help us flesh that out. And then now we're going to be releasing like a 20 page comic that's going to further tell her story of, you know, what happened to her when she was a kid. Like her parents get captured by the aliens. That's why she becomes a freedom fighter um, and explains like her power a bit more. So in the lore, she has the power over this pig isotope called a dallium, which is why her, her hair is pink. And when you play the game, there's a lot of like pink kind of like energy around her. And mm -hmm. even when she swings like her sword. So it's she's basically going to be and this is this is why it's good to have guys that know what they're doing. <laughs> so we're using her origin story as a vehicle to further flesh out the lore of the universe, right? Mm -hmm. So you're going to learn more about Nephi and the aliens and everything that's happening, but through her origin story and what happened to her. So yeah, we're we're definitely So I guess to answer your question, yes, it's going to be much more than just PVP. Uh, <laughs> all of that good story is going to go into the game and be a part of your journey, the user's path, right? Um, and then as the story expands, you know, we can pull from all of those different storylines to bring cool live op opportunities into the game, new characters into the game, new skins for older characters, right? Different weapons, different attacks, different abilities, things like that. So, yeah, there's... There's a big, big plan moving forward where we're really letting IP, you know, be in the in the driver's seat. Fantastic, mm. uh, man! I I got a couple quick points to make. So to rewind a bit, well, it's it's amazing. Like you're talking, it's almost like you're reading my mind. I I preloaded uh, videos to throw up while we're doing this. It's something that I do now. And while you're talking about your kickstream, I actually had that up at the same time. And everything you're talking about was lining up perfectly. So you have like this mystic Star Wars force about you. I can tell. It's just you're just feeding all the energy in and going along with the program. And uh, I told I'm a Rubik, Libra, man, that's what we do. Yep. <laughs> I told Rubik before we came on, I was like, man, these guys are marketing pros, but it, it's not just that. I can see the, the foundational blocks that you guys are putting in place to, it, it's not just a game, it's a brand, it's a culture, and all those things that you just talked about, people might not, they might overlook them, but like, they're so critical because you're, you're building something that has some meaning to it it's not just a token it's not just a game it's it's a culture and i i really i really like that um rubik you you had well, something you wanted to th oh go ahead 
I was going to say, if I can be a bit candid, I think the issue is it's just experience. Um, and when I, when I say what I'm about to say, like, you just have to listen to it from my point of view. So for me, I've already done, like, all the cool, like, being popular stuff. I don't care anymore. I mean, I have a YouTube channel that's world-renowned. I mean, I this whole last two and a half years, I no matter how many calls I jump on with people all over the world, nine times out of ten, after, like, fi- like 15 minutes, they go, oh, I think you taught me how to deadlift when I was in college. I used to watch your, your fitness videos, right? And that was my mm-hmm. goal, to teach fitness to the world. I think, like, my how-to plank video has, like, 30 million views. Like, it's ridiculous. But my content's all out there. And then before I started YouTube, I was on a reality TV show called The Real World, which at the time, one of the most popular reality TV shows in the United States. Um, for those of you who don't know what it is, it's, like, one of the original shows where they take seven strangers, they put you in a house, and then they film you for three months to see what happens, Right. Uh, and then after that show aired, my popularity soared. I was living in New York City, free VIP everywhere, drinks everywhere. It's getting paid to go to bars just to like take photos of people. Like it was crazy. And it, and I was I'm a pretty humble guy. Like my parents raised me right, and so I used that opportunity to you know as a stepping stone to try to get to the next thing, which was my YouTube channel. And then you know from there on my YouTube channel as well. I was the first influencer to ever get a supplement sponsorship. Like I created the category. I worked with Lionsgate for a few years as their head trainer. I did all their movie integrations. So I did mm-hmm. all this stuff. Um, but basically the point I'm trying to make with all of that flexing, I guess I just did, <laughs> is that I've already, I've already done all that stuff, right? And in this space, the space is very new and there's a lot of attention being focused on a few people that are kind of like doing it first because web three is is a whole new thing Mm -hmm. and sometimes that can go to your head and sometimes you forget that like dude you're building a business expect to work your balls off and not benefit from it for a year or two even as a creator like when i first started youtube and started creating i didn't make any money i was relying on you know getting paid twelve hundred dollars to do an appearance at a bar to pay my rent Right. And I was basically working YouTube Monday through Friday, eight hours a day, making no money. And then I would do a bar appearance Saturday, Saturday night. And that would go towards paying my rent and getting me groceries. So like it's a grind. And with Wagme, you know, we have our own category on kick. I knew as soon as the game was ready, I was like, we need our own category on Twitch. We're not there yet. They're probably not going to give it to us. But Kick will will give us will give us one because they're also in beta and they're trying to beat out Twitch. Right. And so I I I contacted them. I'm like, hey, this is who we are. Here's my background. I said I'm looking for a partnership. I don't want anything from you other than a category, so that as I get my army of creators and my community together, I can bring them to one place to see Wagme content. And then also, like, when you, like, for you guys, if you guys are out in public and you want to show somebody Wagme Games, you know, of course you can load it on your phone, or you can just load up the Kick app, and you can show them clips right then and there. Look, people are playing this game, it's fun. And I knew how important that was. And I'll tell you another thing, it's not fun starting at zero, (laughs) okay? Right. It's not fun starting a category at zero and streaming for an hour or two, you know, four or five days a week, 
and having one or two people watching. Nobody wants to do that, but that's what we did. That's what I did. Now the category has 100 people. We just hit triple digits, which is a huge deal. Uh, and when, whenever we stream, we're averaging you know, 30 to 40 people. In fact, sometimes we'll have 50 to 70 people watching concurrently for an hour, which is huge in Web3, especially with a game that's in beta. And so, like, you just have to put the work in and grind and do it for the right reasons. And the reasons that we're doing it is because we want to build a fun game that a community can come into and want to stick around. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, the stepping stones you guys are putting in place. Uh, you've done it in your career, and Wagme Games is doing it right now. That's that's something that I'm really seeing. So, uh, Rubik, what's your thoughts? He's hired some pretty high, uh, big hitters as well in the um, in the team. Like Esteban was one of them. There's someone else recently as well that was pretty high up in EA as well, wasn't it? So yeah. So we uh, we hired Brent Pease uh, back in March of last year. Uh, he was the so he actually was the creator and founder of Industrial Toys, which is a company that he ran with Alex Seropian, who is the um, creator of Halo and Bungie. And so EA actually bought Industrial Toys, and then Brent went to work for EA, and he was a general manager there. He was managing like 150 people, right, on different projects. And so we got Brent, we got Esteban, and we have a couple other guys uh, that work for us that are from EA as well that specialize in things like telemetry, data acquisition, right? Because this whole thing only makes sense if you can read the data and you know what data to look for. Um, and when it comes to when it comes to things like globally launching the game and putting it like all out there, there's a process to that, which is why you need guys on your team that have been doing it for 25 years, yeah. right? Like you don't you don't globally release a game in Web three unless you get all your Web three shit like lined up and working, right? Like you have you have to set expectations, and you only really get one shot at a global release, which is why we've been, I don't know if I'd say taking our time, more more along the lines of that's why we've been doing it right and going by the advise advisement of the guys on our team that have launched hundreds of games before. Do you know what one of the, I think it's one of the most innovative, not innovative, but just real smart ideas that I, when, when I first heard about the merging of cards, so people that don't know, in Wagami you win cards from playing um, and when you if you get five, you merge it, it goes up a level. You get five of those that are level level twos become another one, and then you can do it one more time. So it's 125 cards you need for a legendary. And mm -hmm. I thought, well, that's going to burn out pretty quickly. Like, you know, that's going to cause a deflation pretty quickly or an inflation, or whichever. I get that word mixed up around the wrong way in crypto. Deflation. But the actual idea of doing it in seasons and them not being compatible to merge it's pure genius. Whoever come up with that, give them a, sh a pat on the back from me, man. That was brilliant. Because I, I used to think, I, I really thought that's going to be a huge problem for you guys. But let's just see what happens. And then that, and then this, I didn't know. All of a sudden, preseason comes around after beta, and I can't merge my betas and preseasons together. And I'm like, ah, that's really clever. So you're gonna, you're gonna have to commit to, you know, a little bit of finances as well. Not a lot to get to your legendaries, you know. So I, I just think it's a really clever design, and um, I'm, a, I, and that's. Kind of one of the, th the points that made me go, you know what? These guys, they got a lot of hype. They they tell they tell the story pretty well. Like you got Scott, who's obviously done, you know knows how to make milk the best out of everything. But you've got the <laughs> substance there. 
you've got the substance there and the people are making the right decisions and the idea of building a massive IP that people will live on in for years. So yeah, uh, kudos to you guys. It's, it's coming along really nicely. Well, I'm so happy you brought that up. Um, and I think now is a good time to say, because I didn't say it earlier, that we're free to play. <laughs> so all the cards <laughs> that Rubik is talking about, you get them for free while playing. So yeah. anybody can come into our ecosystem and play the game and play for free, not have to spend any money and be just as competitive as people who want to come in and own everything, right? And that's how a mobile game should be. Like, you know, even for example, um, so like Esteban comes from traditional gaming, right? Like traditional uh, Web2 gaming where everything is soul bound to the game where you, you know, it's not Web3, so you can't sell anything, can't trade anything. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, but I also ran a gaming YouTube channel for fun on the side. I built it up to like 60,000 subscribers, uh, and I played Dokkan Battle. And I still play Dokkan Battle. i playing it for seven years. Dragon Ball Z game. Very popular. Um, and in that game, like, they do reward you quite a bit with Dragon Stones to do, like, summons on new banners for characters. And they have new banners and new events coming out all the time. And in our game... I thought, you know, we use a Dallium, and if you get enough a Dallium, you can actually buy cards in the shop, and you can buy premium versions of the characters, which is fun. That's why you guys see those um, on Token Trove. But I've had a lot of conversations with Esteban, and I'm like, listen, you know, we can be more generous with the reward structure in our game because that's going to foster more excitement in the secondary market, and that's going to create a lot more commerce there. So like it's not it's not bad like if, for example if if you're earning characters at double the rate let's say playing a web two game a web three game versus a web two game it's not like okay now you have all legendaries and now you're like done and you don't care if you get duplicates because that's what happens to me in Dokkan battle is I, I summon all these banners there's like fifteen hundred characters and I probably have fourteen hundred and ninety eight of them right so like when a new banner comes out I only need the top character that's on there. I don't need all the other ones. I already have them all. And then when I get duplicates of all those, they just sit in my box or I scrap them for points, right? Mm -hmm. So the thought process that I've actually spoken at length with Esteban, I was like, you know, if we kind of are a bit more generous, not too much, but like a bit more generous, people get more rewards, they're then going to want to be interested in seeing the secondary market. Even if they sell that card for a dollar. Like, oh, this, okay, this makes sense. So maybe instead of selling a common for a dollar, I'll wait until I get five and I turn that common into a rare and yes. I'll sell that one for $8, right? Right. I, um... and, and so you, you, you basically kind of spark this interest in the secondary market by being more generous, which is kind of the opposite of games, right? They want to kind of like not be as generous so that you're logging in every day and you're, you're going to spend money. My thought process is you're more likely to spend money in a game that's rewarding you more, right? So I guess, for example, um, like like trying to figure out how many cards it takes to evolve from, um, you know, common to rare, rare to epic. And originally it was like, it was a big number, like seven or 10. And I'm like, listen, you know, depending on the rate at which we're giving away cards, if I have if I have like three or four of the card and I need five, 
I would I might go to the secondary market to buy what I need because I'm already right. so close, mm -hmm. right? But if I need ten and I have three, I'm like fuck that, like <laughs> you know what I mean? That, that's gonna I, I, take um, a while. And so, I, um, but like, <laughs> yeah, but like these your, are your, your um your season thing that I just spoke about that got me going to the the secondary. So I was yeah, going there. Yeah. I was going. I was going there occasionally. But when I, when I, as soon as I found out that they're limited each season, I literally went straight on to Token Trove and bought like I think since since I knew that that was probably, you that was you dying already. 20 or thirty cards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I started using Wagme as my uh, my IMAX staking. You know how, you know to sell, yeah. buy one card or one card every every two weeks. I used to just buy yeah. a one cent God, God's Unchained card. I've changed the Wagme, but I get I go oh I need them as well, and I buy that one, and I need that one as well, and I buy that one, and I end up spending more money than I'm getting for staking anyway. <laughs> are you guys awesome. doing? Are you doing the same? You guys are doing the same concept with this. Uh, the people that are holding the comments, you're kicking out comic variants. I think five a month to oh, your yeah. holders, and it's a deflationary oh, yeah. model, and those can upgrade also. Doing the same thing with that, right? Yeah. So I think to um, because we're gonna talk about a lot of fun stuff. J just in case people are listening and they might they might be a little confused, because I, I know you're probably gonna show some visuals, but let me just explain. Mm -hmm. So like, whether you have a beta cod, a preseason cod, a comic cod, a founders edition cod, right? It's the same character in the game, right? It's the yeah. same character that you're dropping on the map. The difference is. You know, when the match starts and you see what I have in my deck, it's a flex, right? And it's a collection, like Pokemon. Like, you're trying to collect your favorite characters. So, you don't have to have all these different variants to play the game and be, be competitive. We're not paid for power. We're not paid to play. Um, if you started playing right now and you started getting the preseason cards, because we're in preseason and you're battling somebody who has beta cards, it's still the same characters on the map. It's just that, you know, if you have beta, you're much cooler, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yep. um, and every That's single card can be leveled up to level 10. Now, increasing the rarity, like we were, we've been speaking about, where you go from common to rare, rare to epic, epic to legendary, the spread of power from common to legendary is like 5%. So it's, it's enough to make you, like, want to grind for it, right? Because you want to have all the power. But in reality, 5% isn't enough to give you a massive edge over somebody who has common variants if, you're ha if you have all legendary. It's like, if you have 100 health points, you know, the legendary card is 105, right? And I think it's very, it's so important to make that distinction just so that people understand, like, oh, if I don't have time to get all legendaries, what's the point? Well, it's that's just the collection side. Like you don't have to do the collecting. You can just play with level ten commons and be just as competitive in the game. Um, it's just fun to level level up your cards, right? Obviously, right. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, nah, so uh, you, the kind of yeah, people are gonna play this, the kind of people are gonna play this game are, are, are gonna want to level up their cards for sure. They're, the gamification side of it, you know, it's just it's got me. I'm hooked. You can tell. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and also too, like. Everyone's talking about, like, what's the new term? Play to airdrop and all this bullshit, right? Mm -hmm. You literally log into Wagme every single day. You get your free chest that has cards, which are NFTs. Whenever you win a battle, you get a chest that takes, like, 16 hours to open. You can have four chests at a time. As soon as that chest opens, you're getting free cards, NFTs. So it's like you're getting all the NFTs for free and... 
We're not making you, like, charging you to to burn these cards. Yeah. And I think that's important to note because in most other games, like, for example, I play a lot of big time, and I'm not going to knock big time. I, I truly, I love the game. But, like, to make an hourglass, I get charged a shitload of resources to do that, right? Mm. Like, they really charge a lot for you to craft in that game. But, I mean, it works. That's how their game model works, and that's fine. Um, but in Wagme, you know, we talked about this. I was like, I don't think we should charge Nefi or Dalium or even Wagme token to level up the rarity of the cards because if you do that, leveling up the rarity of the cards is going to drop significantly. And all of that fun and excitement that's, that's around that is going to be gone, right? Right. And again, like the... The, the business side of the brain is probably thinking, oh, if we charge like, you know, 50 cents every time somebody did that and we have a thousand people doing it, you know, that equals X amount of dollars. And the gamer side of the brain is like, fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> 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 fuck your I 50 cents. I, 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 I got two suggestions. Uh, they're going to be quick ones. Um, first one is a draft mode in the game. So we you have not just six cards, but you got the whole kit of say 20 cards and or maybe 10 cards and the, you draft and you the the opposite opponent can cancel one of your cards so you like four of your cards so you, you play oh you know i like I mean? that yeah, yeah. that so that's like a, a cool i like yeah. that a lot i've seen that in games before mm -hmm. yeah it'd be really cool with, with um once you get a lot more depth to the game i you know I need to write that down hold on um i bet he's um, gonna be like oh yeah i already have that idea Bastard. of course <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and also to encourage more play in a day instead of just one win get you a chest maybe you have to play a certain amount of games to get that chest maybe four or five games well yeah, so I mean, a, a lot of that infrastructure is going to be changing a lot. So like, yeah. um, you know, we we have an entirely new user interface that we're going to be launching relatively soon, uh, hopefully next month. We've actually been rebuilding the core structure of the game, the code of the game for since the beginning of the year. That's why like there's been like small updates to the current game right now. But all the big updates are going on the new code because it doesn't make sense to do the work twice, right? Yeah. So even the file size is so much smaller for the new game. I think this one's like two gigs, right? And then the new one's like 256 megabytes or something like that. I don't know. I, I might be messing up my bytes, but whatever. It's a lot smaller because um, it needs to be if you want to be on phones in different parts of the world that don't have the latest iPhone or latest Android. You need to be able to um, have a game that's playable, right? and still have good quality graphics. All the new characters. So you guys have seen that we've been posting on the main Twitter page. Like, we just posted General Stamima, like his his high poly, like black and white, what he's going to look like in the game. We're working with a studio called Roommate Studios, and they're basically remodeling every single character to look, you know, AAA quality. All of that's going to be in the new game. We have a whole new design. We worked with the principal... The principal experience designer from EA to redesign like the user's path going from the home screen to basically every other screen in the game um, just to make things a bit more streamlined. So once the new user interface comes out, especially you, Rubik, because you've been here for a while, like you're just going to open your phone and then be like, holy crap, this is like 
a whole new game. <laughs> oh, cool. There's a few things around the UI that could be improved, but I assumed that that was going to be fixed. So I haven't really made any comments. Um, just yeah. So what I want to do actually, because I've been spending the last two years, you know, really building my network with gamers and communities and people like you. Once we have the new user interface, and that's kind of that's 100% the foundation. My plan is to go into these communities and set up chats like this, and just be like, hey. Tell me what you like and tell me what you don't like and give me ideas for things you want to see. And I think that that's something more games should be doing and they just don't because they're not, I guess, not too many teams have a creator as a co-founder, right? Um, so, but that's how I see things moving forward. Like, I'm not the smartest person in the world and just because we're working with, you know, people that, that have worked at EA and Bungie and Respawn doesn't mean they have all the best ideas either. I want to talk to the guy who's been playing video games his entire life um, and knows what frustrates him and what makes him happy in a game. Mm. And in fact, that's why a lot of what you see in the game for like structure and, and things that we talked about earlier, me and Esteban, you know, I'm not a game designer. I don't know how to code. I've played enough games my entire life because my personality is a grinder like I'll mm. grind a game to 100% completion. I refuse to look shit up on YouTube, right? Like, I want to figure it out on my own. <laughs> um, but so, like, that experience is something you can't buy. It's something you can't fake. And so when I talk to Esteban and we go back and forth on ideas, like, that's how we come up with these amazing solutions, right? To be make be things careful. fun. Be careful what you ask for with me, though. I, uh, I, got, I wrote uh, two pages full of feedback on GOG. And about two weeks later, they announced that they're canceling the game. So, <laughs> <laughs> true story. I literally, two, I'm not I literally, afraid. I ripped into afraid. them. I completely and utterly ripped into them and said, "This is the most boring game I've ever played in my life." Blah blah blah. But I gave reasons why and what they could do to improve it. And I just said that they're this, boring, man. This game was boring, and look, they changed it to what it is now, and it's amazing. So they worked out in the end. So be ready for the pain I mean, and the honesty. You got to be able to take the hard criticism. I mean, yeah. I mean we we've gotten some harsh criticisms uh in the past, right? It, some were uncalled for for very, like when we launched our Founders Edition. There was so much fud around our Founders Edition cards um from the gamers, from the from the players and the creators and the you know these different communities mainly because they just don't listen to any <laughs> <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll speak on that briefly. You know, for the Founders cards, we were going to do 10,000 packs. We did a collaboration with OpenSea. Very big deal. Each pack contains all 32 cards. And then there's no common variants. Every pack was random. So you could get a pack with all 32 legendaries. Or you could get a pack with two legendaries, a bunch of, a bunch of rares, and a bunch of epics. Right? It, it varied depending on what you got. And the thought process was, we're going to do 10,000 packs, and we're going to mint this thing out over the next four or five months as we roll beta and we go into different countries and give everybody an opportunity to get a founder's pack, right? We did Medium articles explaining this. We did Twitter spaces every week explaining this. You guys know we do Wag Me Wednesday every Wednesday for the last two and a half years, right? Mm -hmm. We announced the mint. People saw the mint price, they saw the pack collection, and they were like, cash grab. We're like, we're not uh, trying to mint this out in a week. We want to mint it out over 
four to five months, right? A free to play so, game that's not allowed to make money, mate. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's so. Well, I think got really. I think what? things have I think things have worked out for you though because I look through your cards like they're they're manageable to buy like it's not unreasonable your cards to buy right now I was looking on the immutable platform and but you've also had some smashes I've seen recently you guys had several cards selling for 1000 2000 3000 so like you have a good range of price ranges of well, high demand and then your lower demand for people just to get in the game and have some fun and I, I think you guys have set that up properly Well that's that's the kicker and that's the ending to the story is we reduced the collection from 10,000 to 3,000. We reduced the price from 300 to 150. We did mint all the founders packs out, right? So remember each pack comes with 32 cards for 150 bucks. People are buying alien emperor, gen like all the generals, all the um, commanders, uh, alien emperor, human emperor, for like two hundred to six hundred dollars for mm -hmm. one card. Yeah, you and, know what? It, it wasn't, and a month it ago, wasn't... they were complaining that you know we were trying to cash grab <laughs> with you know, three hundred. And it's like now you're paying more money for one card. <laughs> if the packs were still available, you could have just bought a pack for three hundred bucks and got all thirty-two cards. But right. again, you... right? And here's the thing: I was upset because I don't like. I, like I pride myself on having a good reputation. That's how I built Scott Herman Fitness to three million subscribers. I'm right. like, you know, I'm known for being honest, right? And as much as it, you know, I had to swallow my pride on it. You know, we just said like, okay, if this is how everybody feels, we'll make an adjustment. And then you know, we made the adjustment. And then I did a lot of videos with creators. Like Addis is great, kind of explaining what I just told you guys, and the the thought the um the energy towards us shifted immediately and it kind of worked out in our favor because the reputation became oh wagme listens to the community they listen to the creators nice they don't just you know try to you know uh, let their pride get the best of them so things happen for a reason and you know it, what you it did was wrong? what you know what you did wrong? Do you know what you did wrong scott what you you, you made a a drop for an a, a get something that actually had utility. If you just did a stupid know, picture, dude, right? Just did a stupid picture and said this is going to go to the moon and paid some influencer <laughs> billion dollars to say it's going to go to the moon, you would have sold forty thousand packs and forty thousand, you know, and everyone would be yeah, look. And you could have had to launch on Exterio as well because they're the ones that know how to milk it. So, dude, you know, you, I will tell really you, we're working with a company called Halika um, for all of our right. analytics and our affiliate yep. system. Mm -hmm. And they were they were showing me how to track um, data on all of our NFT collections, and our retention rate of people who have bought our NFTs is like ninety five to ninety eight percent of people yeah. still holding those. Like it's insane compared, and like it can compare to like the top ten collections, right? In the, in of NFTs, where their retention rate's like forty percent. So mm -hmm. the the proof is in the data. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I think you guys are doing it right. I, 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 I know it can be frustrating for you at times, but you're, you're setting those cornerstones in place, those building blocks, and I think people are going to respect that. And you know, it, long play, it'll work out for you. So, um, if you didn't get, if you didn't get frustrated, nobody gives a shit about your what you're doing. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, we're gonna. You know what I mean? 
we're going to move into uh, a, a few questions uh, about Immutable, and then we got a fun section for you. But is there anything else that you wanted to say about the actual gameplay or the cards or anything before we moved on? I will say that... So we have these bad boys. I know you guys are on video. Woo! Yeah. Have you, have you seen these yet? Yeah, that's you got the zero, don't you? The number zero? Yes. So mine links to the entire collection because he's zero. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. So somebody DM wow. me. I forget who it was. They're like, I got number one. I'm like, great. I have number zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you, I'm going to be, there's only a thousand of these. We've released the first 250. I'm going to be releasing the next 250 soon. Anybody who wants to claim the NFT, all you got to do is just set, like, if you want to reach out to your community, guys, send me a list of all the MetaMask wallets, and I will whitelist them all so you guys can all claim one. Uh, and then if you want to print it, that's different. That's, three, that's through 3D Houdini. It's like 55 bucks to print it and have it shipped to your house. Not bad. We don't take any profit from that. We just want to do something cool. Mm -hmm. But all of the printed emperors link to the NFT. So it's a one-to-one -one collection. And if you don't want to print it and you just want to hold the NFT for free, you can do that too. Cool. Very cool. <laughs> cool. Nice. So I noticed uh, you guys You guys kind of have... Uh, it looks like you're... You work with OpenSea. You're on Immutable, obviously. I think you're with Altura also, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, what... We just built a marketplace with them. Yep. Yep. So why what you went with immutable a while well a while ago what was the reason you wanted to go with them so before we got on immutable uh and what was actually very special about getting with immutable was that we met with elena um in texas and that was our first meeting of me meeting um the other core four members so like we all planned a trip to texas to meet with elena at immutable to basically pitch wag me and this was back when the game was just on a web browser it wasn't even an app yet right mm -hmm. so that's how early this was so me ian lewis chris and khaled all met for the first time in texas and had our meeting with elena and then i'll tell you a funny story later i won't go off topic <laughs> um anyway so it has to do with a punching machine and dildos but we'll, we'll get to that whoa um, <laughs> <laughs> We'll get to that later. That's the hook to keep you listening. Um, so we were on BNB and Ethereum with our token. And we're like, how are we going to do that? Like, how are we going to make this game work if people have to pay like like $5 for a $2 NFT? It doesn't make any sense with gas, right? Mm -hmm. And so we saw our mutable as the immediate um, solution. So we met with Elena and she loved the game, loved what we were doing, loved the lore. You know, she presented us to the rest of the Immutable team, and that's how we became, like, founding members with Immutable. And the main focus was we we saw what they were doing. We started as the only solution to have NFTs in a game that makes sense. Gas was transacting. And as soon as we got partnered with Immutable, we actually got rid of our BNB chain because even on our beta, we had uh, the NFTs on BNB as well, right? We got rid of all of that. We merged the token to a new contract, our V2, which is why you guys might see the token only goes back, you know, a certain amount. Mm -hmm. um, and we were we moved it to be just on Ethereum with the token, and then all of our in-game assets would be on Immutable for gasless minting. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was back back when you signed that they were like super advanced. There's a couple options now you could have could have gone with for the gas free as well. But um, there's other tools as well that have um, come out uh, that I'm sure that you'll talk about later. Uh, that was like my experience of using Passport from the Web3 Auth login is, you know, they're both social logins, but the Passport's just so much better than, you know, yep. like the, the easiest, just getting onto Token Trove, the same login. I mean, I tried to get the other one working and it, it didn't work for some reason. Or, you know, you know what, hopefully they'll put Passport on later and I'll, and as soon as you implement a Passport, I gave an email address, all the tokens were moved over there, NFTs, and it, I didn't even know, it was that simple. And then I just was able to trade straight away. And I started trading then. I wasn't trading before at the start. So it made it so much better, the Passport. Um, I assume well, that's part of the... Yeah, I mean, I just, my one of my best friends is, um, is heavily invested into Wagme. He he finally had time for me to get with him yesterday and show him how to link everything up with his passport. And he's like, "That's all you have to do." He's like, "That's really easy." I was like, "Yeah, man." I go, "We're we're actually the first mobile game to implement the passport, and so we've actually had to go back and forth a lot with the immutable team to make sure it worked properly." I mean, you know, it's it's new technology, right? So. Right. As ready as Passport was, once we implemented it, you know, there was XYZ that had to be improved in order for it to work properly and correctly. Um, so we actually were able to implement Passport December 20th uh, of last year, obviously. Seven days earlier than we thought we were. We were originally going to do on December 27th. And yeah, it's it streamlined the entire process and made it so much easier to get people to play the game and then go to the secondary market. Like, like you said, you literally just log in with the same email and you're, oh my God, there's all my cards right there. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and it's, you know, just there's other benefits as well, like getting on the dashboard and that. But you, I think you're the first game to actually have it. Like not, not the first mobile game, the first game. There's no one, I there's think... no other game that I don't use any for any other game. Gods and Chains lets you log in with it, but that's only the authentication. You can't actually put Gods and Chain cards on Passport yet. So it's yeah, actually it, the it, first used game. That might be true. Uh, I know yeah. for a fact for the first mobile, but yeah, I think we might we could be the first overall game as well. Yeah. Um, so with the the ulterior decision to go with the the the, the tokens and NFTs that you've got on layer one, um, was there thoughts? Was there zk EVM thoughts coming to that? Was zk EVM just not ready for that yet, or what was the? So. That's a good question. From I asked, I asked my team like about that because that's not my wheelhouse, and they mm. said that even on the zk EVM, there's still like a small gas fee that happens yeah. there. So that was but, that was the response they gave me. <laughs> that no, that's I, I, mean, I can I, talk about it. <laughs> but Altura's gas got to pay gas, do you not? Or is it gas free on Altura? Yeah, but Altura is so understand that what we're doing with Altura is our l1 collections like our genesis yeah. nft our comic nft uh and our founders pack right so like for the founders pack when you go to our dashboard and open the pack it actually burns the pack on l1 and then opens the cards which then go to l2 yeah right so it, so like even for the comic books right so as long as you have your wallet your metamask wallet that's holding the comic book connected to immutables l2 the cards once a month get dropped on the l2 Easy. so it's like yeah so it's kept separate for for a reason that's why there's 
the Altura marketplace. But all of the in-game assets um, are on Immutable's L2 network. And that's what makes the comic so cool. So you brought that up earlier. Um, we just finally released the cards. And for every comic that you own, once a month for the foreseeable future, you're going to get five cards airdropped for every comic. Right. What's and, the comic going for now? What's the um, floor plus in the, the, on the floor comic? Pro- so there's a few available on Altura for like maybe 100 bucks to 135 bucks, yeah. But on, on OpenSea, it's like 100 $170, I think, is the floor price right now. Let me see. Yeah, I got a video oh, no, up right now. There's a few there. It's like $130. Yeah, it but looks like they were up to 167 a little while ago. Yeah, and that's just for the common cover. So there's mm-hmm. there's 3,022 common covers. So 3,022 is the year of the game. So you'll see that number pop up every so often. Like, why is it 3,022 or... $30.22. Well, that's why. It's <laughs> the year so, of the game. I was, I was asking that because selfish reasons. I was uh, couldn't be bothered looking it up. For myself. I want one myself. So I haven't got well, one so yet. So. Check this out, right? So we, this was another long conversation that me and Esteban had. We're like, how are we going to drop these cards? What's the best way to do it? And so the solution that we used, I'll take credit, was my solution, approved by Esteban, obviously. He, he, he's the final say. But I said, Esteban, what if every comic gave five cards, but depending on the rarity of the comic, at least one, two, or three of those cards is guaranteed to be an epic, rare, or a legendary. Yeah. So if you have a common comic, common or uncommon, you are guaranteed to get at least one card that's rare, epic, or legendary. And if you have rare or ultra rare, you're guaranteed at least two. And if you have ultra secret rare or legendary, and remember, there's only like 135 legendary comics and like 230 super ultra rare ones, right? Mm -hmm. You're guaranteed three of those cards to be epic, rare, or legendary. And then also the percentages are higher for like, getting a legendary drop right so like you can still get a legendary to drop with a common comic but it's like a three percent chance versus having a legendary comic and it's like a 20 percent chance right nice yeah you guys get it all worked out don't you yeah yeah there's a lot it's for free by the way by the way that's for free and so like we have no control over what the comic cards are selling for on token trove so go to token trove Go to the comic collection and see what's been bought and sold and understand we have no control over that. It's all community run. We have, I mean, I have cards. I bought, I bought like $7,000 worth of comics. I have like 70 of them. Um, <laughs> if we have comics, it's because we bought them. Like that's, it was a, it was a free, it was a um, fair mint. You had to mint the comic to get one, spend the money. So I have comic cards. I'm not listing them. I'm a hoarder. I'm hoarding all of them. <laughs> awesome. I'm like, I want a, I want a complete set of legendaries. I have to grind for it just the same as everybody else. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, you guys, uh, obviously, you're, you're, you're with Immutable. We've talked about that. Uh, how has that experience been uh, either, either good or bad? We try to see both sides of it so that we can all grow collectively with the ecosystem. We, we don't like to be fanboys exclusively, but, 
you know, we, we know the good. Uh, uh, how's that experience been with you guys and them so far? So I don't know if, if you, you, you're using the term bad would be the right term. But, like, in the beginning, we didn't get as much love. It was the focus was always on Gods Unchained. It was always on Alluvium. It was always on um, Guild of Guardians, right? Mm-hmm. And, but I mean, rightfully so. Like we were just starting out. We're we're building up our business, building out our company, and then as we started doing more and getting more attention, we started also getting more attention from Immutable as well with posts um, at the at the last NFT NYC. They had us at their booth, like, the entire time. They gave us our own section there with our games and with our things set up. Uh, and that's just business, right? right? Like, if, if the IP is doing well, you're going to get more attention, and you got to put the work in, period. So, in the beginning, the relationship, we have, you know, always a great relationship with, um, like, tech side and getting things set up and having meetings. But on the promotion side, it was very slow because we just weren't there yet as now now that we're there and we're doing well and we're kicking ass we're getting a lot more attention from them on the promotion side they're getting more involved with what we're doing when we're doing mints and things like that and so overall the experience has been great and again like without their technology we wouldn't have the the gases minting of our game i mean that partnering with them is the only way this business model was able to work. We'd be we'd be dead in the water trying to fight gas fees, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a uh, you know, gods and chain cards are one cent. Imagine having to pay five dollars gas fee or even twenty cents, <laughs> even, even two cents. Why would you sell a one cent card for two cents? There's gas on top of that. Like it doesn't make sense anyway. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, like we've heard that before about the the. The feedback and I, we've had that feedback before about the tension um, being given, and it's been I've I've raised this point with my contacts directly with Immutable multiple times. They're sick of me saying it. To be honest with you, they're probably going to kick me out of the hero program for it. But it it, it makes me. But they're just like they're victims of their own success. They've got 260 games building on them. They've got another thousand games that are trying to build on them permissionlessly, and they all want the attention of of 50 devs. So, you know, so technically they're really in they're spread they're spread thin um we're actually meeting one of the guys that are to talk, discuss this point a bit deeper actually on wednesday um so we'll hopefully find out a little bit more and it's been getting better across the board because of you know they're matured they've got more devs uh you know they're faster getting things done docs are better um as, as it the company just doesn't appear overnight like you've got to build it and they're, they're the same they've got to build it as well so yeah, um, and I mean, at the end of the day, business is business, right? And you you need to take responsibility. You, you can't count on anybody to to lift you up, right? So as long as long as Immutable is doing what they need to do on the back end to give you the tools to succeed, that's all you can really ask for, right? And then mm-hmm. as you start to succeed and you you gain their respect and the attention. Then yeah, you should get more you know engagement marketing wise, right? Exactly. But it doesn't make sense to to market a game. I mean, even for us, like we we didn't hype anything that we did until like for like a year and a half. We just kept building. We kept just having our meetings with our community. We do our Wag Me Wednesdays. Keep everybody up to date on what we were doing. Our thought process and our mantra from the very beginning was like, what's the point of hyping shit up for a week? So everything just crashes two weeks later, 
and then we, you know, the ecosystem looks like it's dead, right? Mm-hmm. Rather, I'd rather see a steady, slow buildup to the point to where we're ready to really take off, and then we can sustain that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, gonna move on to. Uh, I think that's enough about immutable. Uh, it's you know, it's it's good. You don't have a lot to do with them by the sounds of it. It's not you know you're not the technical lead, so right. Um, a lot of the questions that we asked about the people that deal with them on a technical basis and uh, those questions we had set up. So we, let's move into the fun part. Mm-hmm. This is our favorite part of the show. Are you ready for this, Scott? Sure. <laughs> All right. So there's just ten questions around about, and they're um, one word answers. And you know, if you want to add some context, like a sentence for context, but we're trying to do it in sixty seconds to a, to two minutes. You know, so it's a Fast paced. Okay, ready? <laughs> Prefer to watch sports or esports and streamers? Esports. I don't. Okay. I play sports. I don't watch them. Watching is boring. Okay, so prefer to play sports or video games? Yes, one hundred percent. Sorry, do you prefer <laughs> to play sport or play video games? Oh, um, that's a hard one. Probably now play video games. All my friends are <laughs> fat and lazy now. They're boring to play sports with. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say. <laughs> favorite, uh, so, what's your favorite uh, sport and favorite video game? Since you like both of those, so my favorite sport has always been soccer, uh, and my favorite game series has always been Zelda. Oh, nice! Messi or Ronaldo? Uh, don't really care. I don't watch sports. I just play them. I mentioned that in the <laughs> earlier comment. Okay. <laughs> Congratulations! You make a lot of money kicking a ball. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Did you nine hundred million? Like, meanwhile, you know, I grew up working my balls off to make you know very little money. I see. Yeah. I I grew up watching anime. I was more into like, so like, okay, when I was a kid, like, like like grade school, all my friends would talk about like these like athletes and shit. And my thought process was back then, like we're talking like early, like fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade. I was like, wow, your heroes can throw a ball and kick a ball and, you know, whatever, block balls. My heroes can fly. They can save people. They can run into a burning building and pull people out. Right. Like that's just how my brain worked as a kid. Very simple. So I just kind of grew up idolizing superheroes and comics and those kind of values versus watching sports i just don't care <laughs> nice <laughs> uh, Dude, you know, I, I was um i was in new york once and and i was in louis vuitton and i was talking and the the guy who worked there he heard my accent he goes oh you're from boston you must love the red sox I was like, fuck the Red Sox. I watch anime. And he goes, oh, sick. You watch Naruto? I'm like, <laughs> we're best friends like, instantly. That's Sports awesome. divide, anime brings people together. All right. That's all how right. I see it. All right. <laughs> what about when you're playing games? What's your you know, machine of uh, choice? Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, or PC? Not mobile. They're not counted. I mean, I have all three, but it's, it's usually Xbox. Me and my right. boys grew up playing Xbox. But obviously, Oops, like, man. you know, uh, Super Smash Bros. or Zelda, you had to have Nintendo, so. Yeah. Right. Uh, books and movies. Movies. That There's a closet over here with about 1,500 Blu-rays in alphabetical order, so. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> alphabetical order is impressive. What's your and favorite I movie? The shelves. And I, I, I wrapped all the shelves with um, carpet 
because I collect the steelbook versions of movies, and I wanted to make sure when I slid them on and off the shelf, it didn't scratch the bottom. You're a hardcore collector on all kinds of levels, I can tell. <laughs> I'm just looking at your background. You, haven't, you haven't seen my pop collection? No. What, <laughs> what's your favorite movie? What? <laughs> Holy, Holy smokes. God. Wow. What is that? Those are pops. Collection of what? Funko Pops. They? Funko Pops. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a collector. awesome. I've got a collector. I've got a cousin like you. <laughs> you, you, you. No wonder you like blockchain. Collecting side Oh, yeah. Things. Absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love collecting. Um, so, you said so yeah. yeah. That's really hard because it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. If I'm in an emotional mood, if I'm in a, you know, want to kill something mood, right? If I just want to laugh. Um, I'll tell you what, one of my favorite stupid funny movies from the 90s that you guys should all watch is called The Pest, and you will, you will enjoy it, especially if you hate politically correctness. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna watch it. <laughs> it has John um, Luiziamo in it. You guys know John Luiziamo? He was Luigi in Super Mario Bros, and he mm -hmm. was, um, he was the guy in John Wick who, like, ran the chop shop. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. Actually, I have a theory, because um, in the past, John Luiziamo is a scam artist, right? And he just, like, does all these funny scams to people. And he owes the he owes the Irish mafia, like, $50,000. It's really funny. Um, my theory is it would be really cool if his character in that movie eventually moved to New York and became the John Wick character. That would be really cool. <laughs> all right, next one. Ferrari or Lamborghini? Camaro. Nice. <laughs> nice. Favorite ice cream flavor? Uh, chocolate chip cookie dough. Uh, one word to describe Elon Musk. Funny as fuck. That's three words. <laughs> what is it? What is it? What is it? Uh, video game that popped your cherry. Uh, it was Zelda, actually. Nice. On the Nintendo. My uncle David came over and he's like, let's play Zelda. It's like, okay. <laughs> and he's like, make sure you hold reset when you press power to save the game. Nice. Like, oh, what about to get? <laughs> do, you know what, do, do you know what just happened? That was the first what? time ever we've done those 10 questions where the Elon Musk question, answer wasn't the funniest. Yeah. Yeah, that is the Wasn't it? There was like, all the other ones were really great. And yeah. the Elon Musk one, Elon Musk was good, but it, like the other ones are great. So thanks for that. Did you, see <laughs> that his, was a lot of fun. did you see his D's nuts post with Disney the other day? Yes. <laughs> I saw the, did you see the rage from it? Oh, I love the rage that it causes. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. He's he the greatest, the he's the greatest troll of our era, man. I just love him. Yeah, I love, me up. I love when, um, you guys know AOC, the oh, Democrat yeah. chick. He likes, we, she would like rant and like just call him out on all this stuff, and he'd reply and be like, "Stop flirting with me, Tee." <laughs> <laughs> CEO of three billion dollar companies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he changed oh, the game, dude. You did awesome on that. You hit that out of the park. It was a lot of fun. Um, is there anything that you want to talk about, whether uh, from your personal personal self or or Wagby Games, or you know, the floor is yours to. Uh, take us out of here today i appreciate that guys uh, i've had a great time chatting with both of you and, and getting to know you guys as well um you know i would just say if you're not already following me or wag me games on twitter my handle is scott underscore herman 
Wagme Games is Wagme Game Co. I'm sure these guys will post the links. Mm -hmm. We're we're really interactive. Our DMs are always open. Um, mine are always open. You guys can always DM me if you have questions or if you want to play the beta. But you know, we're really focused on building a, a great community here. And a great community is built one step at a time, one person at a time. Uh, and it's the, it's the accumulation of all these amazing personalities coming together, which has made Web3 what it is today. And it's my intention and my job to make sure we don't lose sight of, you know, how we got here. And it's through community. So we have a lot of really big things coming for you. I know everybody says that, but like we, we legit have some really big things coming for you guys. When you see our anime, when you see our next comic, when you see the new user interface of the game, and everything else we have planned, you know, we we want to be around for the next five to ten years. Like we're building out Wagme Games to be like the next franchise. There is a huge, huge, huge opportunity right now. I don't know how much you guys pay attention to pop culture and like Disney and movie sales and everything that's happening in that world, the writer strike and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Like the numbers have shown that people are just sick and tired. Like, um, I never thought I would live in a world where people were sick and tired of Star Wars and superhero mm. movies. Like, I never thought, I, I, like, never thought that would happen. But you know, losing hundred billion dollars <laughs> and your name is Disney says that, right? Mm -hmm. And so, people are craving new stories. People are craving communities to attach themselves to. Um, that 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 are just there for the reasons why why you were here in the very beginning, right? It's like I never started playing a video game because I could make money. So why should I think in Web three that's going to be the reason for success? All the games I yeah. play, all the movies I watch, like it's the story that keeps me coming back. Like I'll rewatch, <laughs> I rewatch movies all the time. Some of the movies I rewatch the most are like Jay and Silent Bob movies, <laughs> just because. <laughs> Just because they're so politically incorrect, it brings me back to that nostalgia of growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, right? When no so, one was offended by everything? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, so, it, you know, it's just, it's just, it's just, it was a better time, right? Not, not to say we're going to be insanely politically correct or anything like that, but we're going to be focused on telling good stories with amazing characters. We're going to be focused on a game that's fun first, and then Web3 elements get brought into it. Uh, we never talked about our token. Our token is going to be 100% utility token in the game. You can use it to buy things in the game like you would COD points or V-Bucks in Fortnite, right? Mm -hmm. You use the token to get the battle pass. We're going to have in-game wagering where you can only use the Wagme Games token for a skill-based battle, winner takes all. Um, things like that. So you're going to start to see a lot of that unfold as we roll into the new user interface because that's going to be like the, the final foundational like code that we're going to build this game on and we will be globally launched uh this year so oh, really yeah th like there's a lot coming that you guys need to be ready for that we've been working on for like four or five months you know again like i said earlier we don't tease a lot of stuff until we're like really close to making it go live i don't want to tease something six months ago and then you know everyone forgets about it and be like oh yeah here's that thing no there's a way to market mm -hmm. big big opportunities and it's like okay we're a month away from releasing this 
now let's start generating hype, right? Now let's do a lead up and do fun events and giveaways and get everybody excited. Or else you just have the traditional buy, buy the rumor, sell the news. We don't want to ever really be buy the rumor, sell the news. We want to be, oh shit, Wagney's doing something else. I better get my ass in that community because it's only going to go up from there, right? Yeah. That's well, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to seeing all this new stuff come out and anime as well. Um, I'm not a massive anime watcher. I've watched a few and, um, but it's, you know, I watched the, the Dota one cause my Dota play, obviously. Um, yeah, yeah that the, was good. Right. Yeah. It got a bit boring at the end, to be honest with you, a bit weird. Uh, League of Legends one was, was actually better. Um, sorry to say that, but, uh, even though that's hurts me to say that, uh, it was just a bit, bit better quality. <laughs> 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 um and uh but yeah look i'm really looking forward to watching the anime of this and getting into the world of at wagney like it's fun i play it every day but like if i know the story of all the characters and that it's going to be so much better so i can't wait for that to come out well, thanks for your time today scott here's the thing right so for example like when i play dokkan battle my favorite character is broly so any team i can put broly on is the team i want to play as well in our game, we don't want there to be like a single meta. Like when I play Call of Duty, I could give a shit what gun I'm using as long as it's the best gun and it kills the fastest. And that changes like week to week depending on what Call of Duty wants to do. In our game, we want people to build strategies around their favorite characters. You know, you might not spend any money in our game, but if your favorite character is General Talos and we give him a new skin that's badass, you're probably gonna buy it, right? Cause he's a favorite character. <laughs> So you have to like you have to have good lore. It's just like, it just makes things more exciting. I mean, you guys like this right here. This is the the special edition Tears of the Kingdom for the Switch for Zelda. I, pay, I paid like three hundred bucks for that, and I haven't even opened it. <laughs> just you know, I took the game out. And that was about it. <laughs> but that's just the way it is. That's just the it's just the way we operate. Like the things that we truly love, like we're willing to spend money on. Right. That's why like I. As much as I like digital collectibles, I can't surround myself in my man cave with digital collectibles unless I want to put like, you know, color changing picture frames on the wall or something like that. Right. It just like rotates them. Like I, I want to be, I want to have my physicals. I want to have the things I love, like that remind me of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like when I walk into my room and I see my One Piece wall and all my Dragon Ball Z pops and now my own characters right i'm seeing my own characters in physical form it's like man we're really doing something cool here yeah absolutely i i i'm learning more and more about this project and it's getting me a lot more excited um you guys are clearly pros at marketing and now i'm seeing the building blocks that you guys are putting in place there's a, a a, a substantial amount of substance to your product it's not just the game it's a whole buildup of substance and uh yeah this has been absolutely amazing definitely going to be diving into the the wag me community a whole lot more you've been absolutely great i love your aura i love your passion i love your energy and we thank you very much for the ample amount of time you've given us and uh, I, I can't wait to see what you guys uh come out with next the next game that you guys got coming out here eventually and, and just watch you guys progress. And I can see why Immutable is giving you a lot more deserved attention. And, uh, yeah, just appreciate you coming on today. Thank you, guys. Happy to be here. And thank you to everybody who who's listening and made it to the end. <laughs> you made it to the end. <laughs> All right, guys. Hopefully you were laughing along the way. 
Yep. <laughs> All right, Scott, you take care. Bye, guys. Wow, that was Wag Me Defense from the the franchise Wag Me Games. Uh, man, there, there's there's so much more to this game than I realized. I I, I seen the game being played online. Uh, I was really impressed with their marketing aspect, but after talking with Scott, I can really see their building blocks of what they're trying to do, how they're really trying to put substance behind that branding, and I'm very, very impressed with it, and it's got me thinking different about it. I, I actually rated them 11 in my top 100, and now I'm starting to second guess that, that you know, maybe I need to pay them a little more respect and maybe inch them up into the top 10 somewhere. Uh, what's your thoughts, Rubik? Well, you can. Um, we're going to do that every three every three months, so you got, you'll get your chance to uh, to show that off um, shortly. But since that that top one hundred we did already, do you know how many changes there are? There's like thirty changes to that. About five games out and twenty five games in. It's crazy. Just that was only like less than a month ago. So yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be hot competing for those top spots. But um, you, uh, true after that interview. I've learned a lot, actually. Um, I didn't know about the Premier cards that you could buy them with. Uh, I knew what the, that stuff. The you can you get a few, like one or two, uh, Adelium, um, but you can buy that as well. So you can buy that with cash. So just like any, like buy gems in Clash of Clans or you know any of those games, you can buy non soft currency to buy in-game items. They you can do that in Wagme as well, which we didn't talk about in the interview. Um, but I didn't know where, I knew there was premium cards, but I didn't know where they came from, and now I do. So that's probably, like the UX obviously needs an update, um, and I didn't want to go too much into it in the interview because it's still beta and you don't criticize, I'm not stupid like some people, and you criticize <laughs> beta as a finished product, you know? Right. Um, you know, it's gonna, you know, and you know, you know, it's gonna change, and these guys are just, they're just doing everything right. Like, they've just got, like that, you know, as an Australian, the hype style marketing doesn't work on us very mm-hmm. well um you know it's actually a bit of a joke an american hype style how the americans fall for the hype you know all the time <laughs> and 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 uh you know so, but like it's just that that's coming from scott's experience of being a youtuber you know and being able to hype people up but he had like you said it, they've got the substance as well they've got the vision you know they got they know where they want to go they got the right people in to do that Esteban's a you know god of gaming you know and uh, mm-hmm. the other guy as well you know they know they've got the best of the best to, to, to release an amazing IP so you know if they get it all right this could be one of the, uh, uh, you know it could be a surprise to a lot of people because it's not on the radar as you know it's a, they're doing things that are a little bit different you know they don't play the PFP game they could have just made a PFP and sold ten thousand for three hundred dollars each yeah you know like and you know and made made a 10, 2 million or three million whatever it is um, and but they they you know they went the, the real gamer path and it, they got punished for it. Um, mm-hmm. You know I could go on all, all day about Wagon because I know a lot about it and I've been following it. I play it and don't need to. But everyone that listened, if you didn't listen to the whole thing, that whole interview had gold through it the whole way. Uh, I'd highly recommend going back and not skipping over, watching it at 1.25 speed or 1.5 speed and just getting into it. It's the real one of our best interviews from from. A great speaker, uh, you know, can, can, can construct sentences better than most people. <laughs> and, you know, I really enjoyed it personally. Thanks for coming on the show, Scott. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, one other point I want to add that too is uh, I, I, I think people are going to overlook the complexity and difficulty it is for all the things that they're doing. 
I he's talked about Esteban. We obviously know about Scott, but I have a feeling, a very very strong feeling, that they have a team of people that are like absolute studs that we don't hear about because I, I have dabbled into doing physical merch. It's very very complicated, uh, and then they're tying it into the whole NFT dynamic, which is complicated. They're doing multiple chains, which I'm 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 always a little skeptical of that because you're. You're, you're diverting more resources to each chain and you got to learn all these chains. So that that scares me a little bit, but they're pulling it off. So more power to them. I just think they have a bigger operation of studs, so to speak, than just the two front men that we see. And uh, with this being their first game, yeah, it, it's it's a strategic game. I think everyone can understand that it's it's got its ceiling, but they got another game coming out and they're just going to be building off of it uh, building on top of these blocks that I was talking about, this brand, and it really, it really brings it home for me. Uh, I'm really going to be looking at this. I'm actually, I mean, I know we don't talk about token a lot, and this is not financial advice, but I'm, I'm considering picking up some token now after hearing this because it's like, all right, they're not just building a game; they're, they're building an actual company, and that, that gets me a little excited. Yeah, um, the, the, the two sided thing is like they've got. They had some some of their mag, knife uh, comics on Immutables um, Layer Two, and they weren't doing too well, so they moved them to Layer One. Right. So I'm not sure if they, you know, if they're doing better or not. But we always say it, you know, Layer Two on Immutables are gamers. They're not. They don't. They don't want to buy comics or PFPs or you know, like get rich quick schemes. So that's probably that's why they you know they also had some things on layer one still and so Artura what their technology does is they use any chain at all um they're kind of very unique the way they do things mm-hmm. they, do, they do all api driven like we talk about with immutable so they're very similar to that um so very easy for developers to build um tools to do things like sell and buy you know make marketplaces and things and they don't use their own chain. They, they just use other chains and they put a fee on top of it. Um, they're quite expensive. Um, oh. the, winning games, the winning games, which we'll talk about in our next episode, um, by offering them, you know, gas-free or, and all that kind of stuff at, and, and cheaper rates. But once, then hoping they get a, a successful hit and then the price will go up sort of thing. So, but, you know, that's... I thought the question when I asked in the interview about ZKVM was about the, the not about the in-game assets, it was about these other assets. Saying was that just because it's not out yet? Mm-hmm. And he just wasn't. He just wasn't the right person to ask that question. He didn't doesn't know. You could tell by his answer he didn't exactly yeah. know what I meant. And that's that, totally understandable. Um, yeah, yeah. He's not. That's not his job. So it was the ZKVM is 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 making interacting with Layer One very easy. So um, you know. So, yeah, I just thought maybe they put it on the ZKVM um, but later on, but we'll find out later on if they do that or if they stay on Altura. Altura is, you know, it's its own little island. You've got to go and, um, you know, you're isolating. You're gonna, they're going to find out about how that to try and drive traffic to their website for, 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 that, that, to, for that to work. Uh, where Immutable, you put, your, you put your token up there for sale, Token Trove or in-game or Immutable's uh, their own web um, marketplace or one of the 10 other ones and you can buy anyone can buy it from anywhere so you don't need to drive traffic to a certain website for it to have success it's not fragmented so you, you heard him say OpenSea's got some comics and mm-hmm. Tura's got some comics so the people who don't get to, that have got these comics can't put them up on both marketplaces for sale they can only choose one whereas the so order yeah, book it, will be able to do that with immutable right 
Yeah, with the order book is where they, people don't understand that power of it yet. They really don't understand, haven't seen it and understood it yet because they're, they're the immutables are the only ones that are doing it. You right. list your t NFT on any marketplace at all and anyone from anywhere can buy it from anyone that lists that API. So you could have a look, a little Joe Bloggs website. It's permissionless. You could create a little Joe Bloggs website called Joe Bloggs website, hit the API for the order book and buy it on that website. You know, mm -hmm. people do that. People do that now. They buy and sell stuff on through their own personal API that they've built. And it's right. safe because it's an API. You cannot, it's immutable. You cannot, APIs you cannot hack. You know, there's, you hit it with an endpoint and if the endpoint's not right, you, you don't get to, to, to have success with the, you know, so it's kind of like a blockchain in that similarity in the mutable part of an API. So, you know, you can't hack the API. So, right. Um, you know, so it's safe and, and that's why they can do it. That's why they've done it away. Again, another, people are going to see it, mate. They're going to be, they're going to go one day, they're going to go, you know, there's been criticism for this, this, you know, cause it, cause it's no, there's been no marketplace really nail the, the feel like token trove is the best, but they don't put everything on it. And the way they lay out the tokens is just so they're fragmented your wallet. You don't get to see all your NFTs in one on their page that's in mm -hmm. your wallet you, they could so someone that could build a, a marketplace where you can customize what you see and what you don't see and and as an as a user and that they allow all um assets to go onto the marketplace not just the ones they deem to be worthy or pay the one f fee mm -hmm. um that that'll take over one maybe that's fear yeah that's ckvm they aren't only there anyway that's uh it was a, a lot of information that in that in that interview and um it was Got me, got me more excited um, for what they're building. I didn't know they were building an anime, which will be awesome. I had, have been getting into anime a little bit later lately. Uh, I watched the One Piece. I uh, watched, you know, a couple of dog, the League of Legends and the Dodo one, and I've watched one other one, a couple other ones, Dogma, something, something Dogma. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I, I'm starting to see why people like it. I used to think it was a bit, you know, very niche. Yeah, it's, it's a very, it's a very big niche. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. Yeah, great. It was a great interview. Great time. Uh, really enjoyed uh, talking with Scott. And uh, I think we nailed this one out of the park. And this was episode 29. And thanks to everybody for tuning in. And uh, make sure you hit that like and subscribe uh, on the video for YouTube. Uh, we are on RSS Audio, which you're going to hear this first on there. Uh, make sure you check out the video. You'll get to see all the stuff we were talking about if you couldn't see it while you're listening to it on RSS. And my friend Rubik, I hope you have a great day. Everybody take care. Bye-bye now. See you next one.